If you're going to get straight into the Word of God, if you've got your Bible, if you want to just turn to uh, Judges uh, 16, 4. So we're going to read from two different parts. So we're going to move about a bit. So we're going to start off from uh, Judges 16, 4, and then we jump to uh, uh, Judges 16, 21. When you are there, say Amen. Who's there? Is, are you guys ready for some preaching tonight? Amen. Didn't come all the way to Sheffield, but uh, to, to just, we, we did, you know, when you come to church, you need to be alive. There's life in church. Jesus is risen. Can I get an amen? And if Jesus is risen, there is hope for tomorrow. Doesn't matter what happened, there is hope in Jesus. And so even if you've had a bad day, even if you've had a tough day, you come to church and you rejoice. Can I get an amen? And so we're going to uh, read from Judges 16.4. Before we do that, I want to uh, speak about a young woman by the name of Hannah Young. So Hannah Young uh, come, came from a great family. Uh, she lived in Wells with her father and her mother and had an extended family who really loved her. She had a lot of friends who loved her. You see, Hannah was like many young people today. She loved, uh, she loved going out with her friends. She loved the party lifestyle. She loved enjoying herself. The first time she experimented with drugs was on her 14th birthday. And so that's when she took her first ecstasy tablet. She took it, she tried it, she enjoyed it, she had fun that night. A year later, Hannah was using heroin. She was hooked straight away. Whatever it took for her to get hands on this heroin, she did. She stole from her mother. She stole from her grandparents. She was arrested multiple times, ruined the future that she had. And just after her 18th birthday, she made a decision to kick the habit. Can I get an amen? That's good, a good decision, amen. She said, enough is enough. Heroin, you have messed up my life. And so she said, I'm going to write a letter to heroin and I'm going to kick the habit. And I want, I want to read the letter Hannah wrote. So just bear with me. And so it says, Dear heroin, I never want to touch you again. You've ruined my life, made me steal from my, pe uh, from my family, on probation because of you. Why choose you? I don't know. You're the worst thing that came into my life. Yes, I did love you, but now it's time to say goodbye. I'm so ashamed of myself because of you. I've OD'd three times because of you. You're a big risk to anyone who does it and to me. So I'm going to be strong and stay away from you and never touch you again. My family have stopped supporting me all the way my family have supported me all the way but I have just kicked them up the backside aside taking advantage of them stole from my mother granddad mom I borrowed money off them and didn't give it back they're old now look what you've made me do my nan 120 pound I stole her for once again 
It's because of you. I love my family from the bottom of my heart. It's not nice to be called a junkie. It feels horrible. You feel small. Well, I feel small. You made me feel like this. I feel worthless. Just a dirty junkie sticking needles in their arms. You're out of my life. Don't need you no more. Yeah, you messed me up or you, you, you messed up. Uh, you've messed up nearly two and a half years of my life. But I've still got my whole life ahead of me. And I'm going to prove to everyone that I can stay away from you, going to college, getting a job, a car then get on with my life and get my family's trust again. Stop offending. That's the only reason I was doing it. That's because of your dirty addiction. You make me sick to, to be honest with you. I did love the buzz of you, but you're not worth it. But not anymore. I'll make sure you stay away from me. I'll stay away from you. I, w I was brought up in a good family, not bad. Yeah, I've had a lot of problems in my life, being quite bad actually, all because of you. You're a killer. You've killed many people and really good people. I'm lucky that you haven't put me in a box cemetery. Lost loads of my mates and it hurts. They sometimes blank me because of you. I've been on it. Uh, I've been on you. It's not nice when I've got pins and holes in my arms and marks and, and track marks. The illness that I go through when I use you and the after effects, cold turkey, clocking, withdrawals. It's the worst feeling that you've put me through, being bad enough. Wanted to kill myself a few times because I couldn't go through it. Well, guess what, heroin? I can do it. I can beat you anytime. I can control you. You don't control me. I've got enough willpower to get out of my, uh, to get you out of my life for good. I'm strong and much stronger than you. I'm not losing anything over you anymore. Goodbye, heroin. Never again. Family comes first. Hannah Meredith. And so this was the letter this young woman wrote to heroin. Three weeks after writing that letter, she died of a heroin overdose. Three weeks. When her 14-year-old self was experimenting with drugs, with drugs, she wasn't thinking four years later, I would be stealing from loved ones, I would be addicted, I would be broken, I would be depressed, I'd be getting arrested, my friends would abandon me. She wasn't thinking that. Her 14-year-old self trying drugs wasn't thinking, you know what, in the future, you know, I'm going to be called a junkie, I'm going to have holes in my arms, I'm going to be struggling, I'm going to be getting arrested, messing up my life. She wasn't thinking that. She wasn't thinking four years later, I would be dead six feet under when her 14 year old self was trying those drugs. Am I preaching to somebody? She wasn't thinking that. She wasn't thinking no, because most of us don't think like that. We don't, we, we, we think about right now, about what right now feels like. We think about ourselves right now. What gives us pleasure right now? Hannah is like many of us today who think about right now. 
What makes me feel good right now? We don't think about our future selves. We don't think about the decisions and the choices that we make now, how they will affect the future us. Am I preaching to somebody? We don't think like that. Most of us are thinking about right now. If Hannah would have foreseen how her life would have turned out from trying that first drug, she would have said, no way. She would have said, no way. If she would have thought, man, four years later, I would be dead. She would have said, no way. I'm not even messing with these drugs. How is the future you going to be affected by the decisions you're making today? Because the future you is a completely different person. Can I get an amen? It's a different, the way you are now, you're going to change. You're going to change. It's not always, it's not the same you. In 10 years time, you're going to look back at this person and think, man, what was up with him? And so we're going to read and we're going to learn from a man who is like most of us today. That's the scary thing. Going to learn from his life. And I want you guys to pay attention because this can really save a lot of you guys. And it says, it says, afterward, it happened, this is talking, talking about Samson, that he loved a woman in a valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Someone say Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that, he may be, uh, that we may bind him to afflict him and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. If we jump to, uh, 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 to verse, uh, verse 21, it says, Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. Uh, Gaza. Uh, they bound him with bronze, uh, bronze fetters, uh, and he became a grinder in the house, uh, in the prison. Father, I pray for your spirit. Lord, to help us tonight. Lord, as I'm minister, let me step aside. Lord, speak to your people. I pray, Lord, that there will be an encounter, there will be a tangible uh, change in people tonight. People will make supernatural decisions that will affect them in the future. I'm asking, Lord, for you to visit us tonight. I thank you, Lord, for what you've already done and for what you're going to do. We give you praise and glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you ready for the word? Amen. Come on now. Samson. Samson called to be a judge. The rescuer of God's people. An angel appears to Samson's mother to be and says, you're going to have a child. You will have a son. Don't drink strong drink. Don't eat anything unclean. Samson was to be a Nazarite, meaning he was to abstain from cutting his hair, eating of unclean things, to consecrate himself. He was called to be 
holy unto God. Samson, gifted with strength and power and ability. Samson, with a future that God had, had, had given him. The problem with Samson is the problem many of us have today. That you can have giftings, you can have abilities, you can have a great destiny and a great future. But somehow you make decisions for now. We live for now. We don't think about our future selves. He married someone he had no business in marrying. Let me tell you something. Note this down if you've got a notebook. After salvation, which is the most important decision you're ever going to make in your life, the next most important decision is the person you marry. That person will make you or break you. It has nothing to do with love. Oh, I just love him, pastor. Oh, you don't, it's all about, it's not all about love. Come on now, somebody. Have I got some believers in this place? Oh, I just, no, because the person who you hook up with, the person who you marry will either make you or break you. Samson was a carnal man. And carnal men never think about the future. They always think about right now. What makes me happy right now? The Bible says he goes to the city, he sees a woman and he loves her. And then he has no, he don't know nothing about her and he marries her. It's all about how I feel. That's the generation we live in today, amen. It feels good. You don't understand. It feels, it feels. And you make decisions based on your feelings all the time. Come on now, somebody. They never consider, he never considered, and none of us a lot of the times consider, man, my actions are going to affect my future self. Many of the things you're actually struggling with today as an adult is because of things you did when you was younger. Come on now. Amen. You're struggling. To, it's because of this. And you continue. Listen. There's a word that I want you to learn today. It's called empathy. See, empathy is the ability to share someone else's feelings or experiences by imagining. Someone say imagining. So you're imagining what it would be like to be in that person's situation. You see, empathy is walking in someone else's shoes. You can imagine experiencing someone else's situation. The issue is this. We can have empathy for others, but when it comes to ourselves, we don't have empathy for our future selves. So you don't, man, if I make these decisions, how's it going to affect me in the future? So you don't empathize with yourself. You don't feel sorry for your future self. You make decisions and choices without thinking. Without thinking, man, how's this going to affect me? You don't think how it's going to hurt your future self. Think about this. People will have tattoos when they're young. Your skin's all nice and smooth, amen. Tight. You'd have a little nice tattoo of a little flower. Come on now. Beautiful little flower. It's beautiful. Your show is skin's tight and 
looks good. But what happens with your future self? When you're not old, that, that, little, that little tree, that little flower, now looks like a dead tree. Come on now, somebody. You had a little nice bird on your body. Now that thing looks like a vulture. Amen. You're not thinking about your future self. You know, I used to know a young lady. She, she was really into my friend. And so she, was, she would do anything for this guy. And so to show her love for this guy, she went to a tattoo shop and she had his name tattooed on her body. And she came, look, this is how much I love you. Amen. The problem is, fast forward, my friend is married to a different woman. <laughs> and I wonder what her partner's saying today. Who's this? Who's this guy here? Amen. You don't think, we don't think about our future selves. Pastor Zach, I believe he was here on Sunday, was telling me a story about a young man who was coming to his church. And um, this young man, he, was, he loved the drink, he loved the drugs, he loved the party lifestyle. And so he'll come, but he ended up leaving church and uh, uh, he loved drinking. And so he would drink every day, every opportunity. He'll be drinking, 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 drinking. And so what ends up happening is uh, Pastor Zach doesn't see him for a while. And so he calls him and he says to him, uh, Pastor, there's a, I want you to pray for me. So he begins to tell him, he said, I started to have these pains on my side. And so he's having these pains and so he goes to the doctor. The doctor begins to do all of these different tests to see what the pain is. And so they come back with the results and the doctors tell him because of the drugs and the drinks, his liver was failing. At 26 years old, he's going to have to live with a bad liver. With, with, and, and now... Think about his future self. When he was young, he was enjoying himself. Can I get an amen? That's how some of us are. We're enjoying our lives right now. We think we're going to be young forever. We don't think that, man, I'm going to get older. You're not going to be 20 forever. You're not going to be 30 or 40 or 50. In fact, you're not going to be alive forever. What's going to happen to your future self? Ask your neighbor, what's going to happen to your future self? What's going to happen to you? Decisions and things that you're doing right now. What's going to happen to your future self? Listen, I've got some crazy stories tonight. Who are you? You love stories. Amen. Got some stories tonight. Because we want to do some business today. Because there's some decisions some people need to make tonight. God's going to speak to you. You know, Genesis 35, 31 says, But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. 
So what is the birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold him his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew and lentils. And he ate and he drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. It should have been the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Esau. But the Bible shows us Esau was a carnal man. See, carnal men always react in the flesh. They're not spiritual. And so he comes in one day, oh man, I'm starving. What's that soup that I can smell? Imagine losing your birthright, your blessing for soup. No meat, no nothing, amen. At least if there was some meat in there, some chicken, some something, something, amen. He comes in, oh man. The, and the Bible says, he says, give me some of that soup. Jacob says, okay, no problem. Give me your birthright. And the Bible shows us that Esau despised his birthright, sold his birthright, gave away what belonged to him. He wasn't thinking, man, in a few years when Isaac is about to bless all of us, that I'm going to lose out on my blessing because I despise, because of decisions and choices I made because of how I felt right there and there. And the Bible shows us that when Isaac began to bless him and his blessing, Jacob, when Esau came in, he asked, have you got no blessing? Is there none for me? Why? Because he wasn't thinking about his future self crying over blessings. Because we never really think about ourselves in the future. Think about now. Are you a carnal person? Are you someone who it's all about you right now? Forget about your future self. Forget about your 20-year-old self, your 30-year-old self, your 50-year-old self. It's all about you right now. You know, I read a story of a man who weighed 500 kg. That's about 80 stone. And this man... His, his life was at risk and so they had to call the local authorities and for him to be taken to hospital, they had to cut him out of his house. It took seven hours for them to cut him out of his house. There was ambulance and police and they had to use a crane to, to take this man out of his house to be able to take him to hospital. There was news crews there filming it. There were people, his neighbours, people pointing, thinking, man, look, how can you get that big? Come on now, somebody. And he's there. I can only imagine when he was eating, his younger self eating and eating and eating. Man, it just feels good. I just want another one. Not thinking that in the future, I'm going to be embarrassing my future self. Amen. That in the future, I'm going to, they're going to need a crane to take me to hospital. They're going to need a, 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 a police and special equipment to cut me out my house because... Of 
the decisions I made when I was younger. What you like now, what your desires are now, what about your future self? What are they saying about you? What, what is it that you are doing today that's going to affect you in the future? Think. What decisions are you about to make? How will it make your life difficult? Amen. How will it make your life difficult? I lived next to uh, a young couple when I lived in Derby. Uh, this was, I'd been married for about three years. And so this couple, they were newlyweds as well. And so we were next door neighbours. And so we got talking and as we talking, uh, we really became friends. We became good friends with them. And so it was a young couple, man, a woman, they had two kids. And so they were really nice. And so I started to witness to them. They'll come to my house. We'll have dinner. We'll eat, fellowship. I'll tell them about Jesus. Um, now, they were similar age to us. Now, they, 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 the woman, she was slightly on the bigger side. Um, I, but, you know, she, she was nice. But one day she decided, you know what? I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to start going to the gym. And so she signs up to the gym. She begins to go to the gym. She begins to exercise and she's losing the weight. But after a while, she hits a plateau. And so she decided, I'm going to get myself a personal trainer. Mm. Brothers, amen. If you're married here, amen. I'm going to give you some advice, Amen. And so she gets herself a personal trainer. Now, I knew the personal trainer she got. This guy was an older gentleman. So this young woman, she's in her 20s. She's 21. This guy, he's an older guy. He's in his 50s, but he's ripped. He'd done all of these shows. And so he knew how to lose weight. And so he begins to train her. And after a while, she's losing her weight. And I started to see her change her wardrobe. She's wearing things, different things. She's becoming more confident. She's going out. Come on now, son. That's a good thing, amen. She's becoming more confident. She's, she's enjoying life. The next thing I hear, which was not good, was I'm leaving my husband. So she decided to leave her husband for who? Come on now, come on, come on guys. She decided to leave her husband for who? Guys, come on, come on. For who? The personal trainer. Mm. And so she leaves her husband for this personal trainer. Remember, she's 21 years old. He is 50 plus. Leaves her husband, moves in with this guy. They start a relationship. And, uh, you know, the, the husband, it was a bit awkward because I would speak to him and he, I, I could, he was angry. If he would have found that guy, he would have killed him. He was angry. Every time I would speak to him, he couldn't say any. I'd just encourage him, bro, don't worry. You, you know, what do you say? And so after a while, he moved on and he got remarried. And, um, and this young woman, she continued in a relationship, ended up getting pregnant by this 50-year-old man. 
Now she's got three kids. And, um, you know, you guys who you think, you know, the, the grass is green on the other side. It isn't. Can I get an amen? Or you married people, the grass isn't green on the other side. Just water your grass better on your side. Amen. It's not greener. And so things, problems, arguments, they ended up breaking up. Now, this young woman who's 20 plus, she's now got three kids alone. Her ex-husband is remarried and now she's there alone raising up these kids. She wasn't thinking, you know what, when I leave my husband, I'm going to be a single mother taking care of these kids, looking after these kids. She wasn't thinking, man, I'm cursing my life. It felt good at the time because it always feels good, amen. Sin always feels good. Can I get an amen? It always feels good. But how will it affect your future self? Now, I'm going to tell you a story. This story is a bit wild. It's about me. I haven't even exaggerated this one. But this story is crazy. Don't tell anyone. Amen. And so in 2021, my friend calls me. And it says, Freddie, I've got a big money opportunity for you. I heard money. I was like, ping, I'm hearing what you got for me. Like, yeah, go ahead. Amen. Come on now. You, I know, you know I'm a pastor. And sometimes, you, you know, you need a bit of cash. So I've got this money. And so he, I was like, go on, let, tell me, what is it? And so he begins to tell me, hey, this is a big money opportunity. He begins to explain that his cousin, he's a multi-millionaire who runs several businesses. For decades, his cousin had been running this scheme where he wasn't paying Caesar what belonged to Caesar. Basically paying the government what belonged to the government. He'd been taking the cash and he'd been storing it in this factory. And he'd been doing it for decades. And so in this factory sat 50 million pound. 50, yes. 50 mils. He got freaked out. You know, when COVID happened, they were talking about a cashless society. And so he heard it. And so he got freaked out. He was thinking, man, I'm going to lose my cash run. And so he wanted to transfer the money to Bitcoin. Wanted to buy Bitcoin. But you can't just walk into the bank and say, hey, Mr. Bank Teller, here's 50 million. Can you just buy? You can't do that. They're going to say, where did the money come from? And that will get him into issues. And so what he was doing is, he, he said, this is a scheme. If you take 50, if you take a million and... Um, you go and somehow buy Bitcoin with it. For every million that you buy Bitcoin with, you get 10%. Okay, 1 million. Quick maths. Who, who does quick maths here? 10%. What is it? 100,000. And so my friend's like, yo, Freddie, we can do this. We can do this. The Holy Ghost was telling me, 
So this is what you're doing. <laughs> Amen. And so I'm thinking, I'm just listening, Holy Ghost. I haven't made no decision yet. Just listening. Amen. I made no decision. And so I said to the guy, I'll think about it. You should, you should. <laughs> Amen. Money is bad, amen, sometimes. Amen. Money's got that draw. I'm a pastor, pastor in a church. And so he calls me up a week later and he says, listen, have you thought about it? Because he's, he's really forcing it. He's really like, we can do this. We can, listen, if we move five million, that's half a mil. We can split that. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like, and so, uh, but then he, he, began, he, he, began, he begins to give me details. He says, listen, when they deliver the money, there's going to be two guys. I have to let you know this. It's two guys and they both got, they're both going to be carrying guns. And when they give you the money, if anything happens to the money, it's on you. But we can deliver it tomorrow. So I'm, I'm like, mm. do you know what ended up, let me tell you what saved me. As he's telling me that, I began to visualise my future self. Someone knocking on my door. Yes, Freddie Kono there. Yes, you see, we are arresting you. <laughs> <laughs> I began to visualize myself being put in handcuffs. I began to visualize myself sitting in a cell. Come on now, somebody. I began to visualize my wife stressing, because I know she'll be stressing. What did you do? I began to visualize myself in court. You have been, listen, this was straight up money laundering. Because I called my friend, you know, I've got a few connects, so I called my friend. He said, yeah, we can do it. I've got somebody in Western Union who can, tra- he can deal with that type of cash. I'd already called him. And, and so when my friend is, I knew it could be done. I knew I could do it. But I started to visualise you guys hearing Man, yeah, pastor from Sheffield was arrested for, amen. <laughs> Come on now. No more victory rally in Sheffield, amen. <laughs> pastor got arrested for money laundering. And so I'm thinking, man. And so I said to the guy, no, I'm not doing it. It was hard. So he's like, come on, Freddie, man. Come on, what's up with you? And I was like, no, bro, I'm a pastor. Amen. Now the Holy Spirit convicts you. He reminds you. That's why it's good to walk in the Spirit. The Spirit reminds you of who you are. Amen. Because you know when you start, because I was losing that money. It smelled good. Amen. <laughs> I started to lose my mind. And so the Holy Spirit reminds, and, and all of that visual, it's like He projected me into the future and said, this is your life if you make that decision. 
A month goes by. So I'd spoken to this guy. I said, no, I'm not doing it. He's like, I said, no, I'm not doing it. You know, there's some people you have to be forceful. You know, some of your friends, some of you, your friends just, just be pulling you here. You want to go to the club's yard. You want to drink something. No, say no. I said, no, I'm not doing it. A month later, my friend calls me. He said, oh, Freddie, it's a good thing we didn't do that thing because there's been raids all over Derby yeah? and they're picking up every, even if you took 50 pound, you're going in. Visualization saved me. Come on, let's give God praise. Amen. Because I visualized if I would have touched that money, there would have been, you're coming in as well. Because we have to learn to visualize. Visualization. Think about your future self. If I put myself in this situation, if I make this choice, if I make this decision, if I continue to go down this path, what's my future self going to look like? What's going to happen to my future? Samson, a man with gifting and destiny, favour, a bright future, ended up grinding wheat, lost vision, lost test, uh, 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 talent, lost destiny, dead before his time because he was a carnal man who could not visualise that may, if I make this decision, it's going to end up with me being in this place. Samson was never supposed to be dead there in the first place. That was not Samson's life. That was not what God planned for him. What you are doing, some of you, you're going to end up in a place where you were never supposed to be doing things you were never supposed to do. Lost vision, lost talents, lost abilities. Why? Because you didn't think about the future. You didn't think, man, if I do this, How's it all going to work out? If he would have visualised his future self losing his God-given talents, losing his sight, losing his death, if he would have visualised his future self ending up, uh, ending up blind and dead, if he would have visualised, man, if I, he would not have married that witch. Amen. He would have said, Delilah, no. Amen. Some of you here, visualization will save you from a lot of things. You know, God allows us to visualize. He did it with Abraham. Abraham, if you follow me, this is, and he shows him the stars. He shows him the sand. He says, These are God. this is how much influence. He was showing him vision of his future self. Visualization. He was visualizing. He was putting him there. We play around with sin because we haven't forced ourselves to see the future. We haven't forced ourselves. All the hurt, the shame, the pain, the addiction. If this can happen to a man whose birth was announced by an angel, who are we? Did an angel appear to your mom? Amen. And say, hey, you're going to have little Ronnie. Amen. 
<laughs> did, did he? Do? No. Visualize. Someone say visualize. visualize. Naomi and her husband Elimelech decided to leave church, to leave the place of God for a better life. They left church. That decision to go to Moab cost her, her husband, her two sons who both died in Moab. She comes back and she's a widow. And the Bible says when the women came and said, hey, Naomi, you're back. She says, don't call me Naomi. Call me what? Mara. Bitter. Angry. When she was making that decision, if only she would have visualized and said, Man, if I make this decision, I'm going to come back empty. I'm going to come back without a husband. I'm going to come back without my children. I'm going to come back bitter and broken and lost. She would have said, No, we're staying in church. Some of you leave church somehow thinking you're going to find something in Moab. Have you thought how your decisions are going to affect your future self? Let me tell you another story. And I want you to hear this story. It's a very sad story. It's the sister who used to go to one of our churches. And so sister, this sister, she was going to one of our churches, been in church for many years. Met her husband in church. He was a dentist, had children, living a comfortable life, living a good life. They would go to church. They would, they would go to church on Sunday. They, would, they were involved in church. And her husband provided a comfortable life for this woman and the children. But you know how it is sometimes. Boredom can set in. And so the sister became bored of the routine of going church, of her husband. She became bored. And so she's, uh, she's saying, man, she, she, she's, she's bored of her husband. And so she says, I want a divorce. This is a good man. This is a man who has been a blessing. I want a divorce. The husband is begging her, please don't do this. Think about our children. Think of, please don't do this. Don't, we can, we can try different things. We can try and work on our, let's go and talk to the pastor. Please don't do this. So he's begging her. She's like, no, I've made up my mind. The pastor comes to the house. He's begging a woman, please don't do this. Don't go through this divorce. You're going to mess your life up. Don't do this. The woman's like, no, I've made up my mind. I'm bored. I don't want this marriage anymore. And, and so she leaves her husband. And she goes and hooks up with a dreadlock brother. For excitement. Amen. No, these dreadlock brothers, man, they're dangerous brothers sometimes, amen. <laughs> amen. So she hooks up with him. And she's now, 
with this guy. She's left her husband. She's left her kids. She's left her church. She's left everything that she'd built up. God had blessed her with. Left it all. Her husband moves on. Years go on by and he gets remarried. Uh, he starts his own practice. He becomes a millionaire. He's got a lot of money. Uh, he's really living a comfortable life. He's living good. And one day, he hears a knock at the door. Hmm. Can we guess who that is? <laughs> so knocking. He opens the door. And standing before him was his ex-wife. Hair everywhere. Amen. Teeth just looking all nasty and dirty and just stinky. And so she's standing there. Give me money. This is what she's asking the guy. I want money. The guy, I don't think he registered who it was because of change. Amen. Hair, wild hair. Amen. You know when you're in sin, your hair goes quick. Bum. Amen. <laughs> Finish. And so, and so he's like, give me, give me money. And the husband's like, no, I don't want that. And so she begins to kick off. She's swearing at him. Who are you thinking? And, 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 you know, kicks off. And so what had happened is, is that the dreadlock brother was now pimping her out. Pimping her, she's now become a prostitute. Think about it. Think with me, church. From a comfortable life, serving in church, living for Jesus, good husband, kids, comfortable, to now being pimped, selling a body for money on drugs. And so he closes the door, she goes. The next thing, this was a sad bit. The next thing he heard about this woman was this. She was running down the street. She's running down the street. She's screaming. She's grabbing, help me, help me. She's running down the street. And as she's running down the street, uh, the, the, the dreadlock brother has got a knife. And he's chasing her, chasing her. And as he's chasing she's like, help me, help me, somebody help me. No one's helping this woman. And so he catches up with her and stabs her to death on the road. Dies that was never supposed to be how it ended for her. Amen. If only she had visualized that if I leave my husband, if I make this choice, if I make this decision, I would be getting pimped, I would be on drugs, and I'd be dead in a few years. She would have said, you know what? I might be a bit bored, but you know what? I'll stay in the house. Visualization. The Holy Spirit will show you. So you want to make this decision. You want to continue down this path. This is where you're heading. Hallelujah, amen. This is where you're going. Visualization. 
Visualize your future. Genesis 39, 7 says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with him in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? If you notice in that scripture, Joseph doesn't say, how can I do this great sin against me? It says against God. He was always thinking about God because he knew God is the one who held his destiny. If I sin, I'm going to mess things up for myself. I truly believe, think of it, you're a slave. You know, a lot of guys here, as much as we say we are holy, if you're a slave, you ain't touched a woman for a minute. You're, you know, this woman's now, hey, come and lie with me. You're probably going to get extra food because you're lying with the boss's wife, with master's wife. And so a lot of guys probably, hey, man, it's a bit of pleasure. You know, I'm in a bad situation anyway. And so, that, but Joseph says, no. Why? Because he was visualized. God had shown him the future in the first place. God has shown him, listen, if you stick with me, this is where you're going to be. People are going to bow down to you. And that visual, I believe that visualization of what I could be is what stopped him sinning. Some of you here, that's what you need to do. Oh, hey, come. And you're like, man, God has shown me my future. Some of you, you, God has called you to be pastors, but you're compromising in certain areas. And God is saying, visualize where God can take you. And he will stop you doing certain things. It will stop you making certain decisions. Am I preaching to somebody? Amen. It's a bit quiet in here. Visualize your future. Would you be happy with decisions? See, as I begin to close, there are three reasons. And every man here, I want you to do this. And every woman as well. There are three reasons why I wouldn't commit adultery on my wife. Three. The first one is this. I fear God. Because man, God will strike you down as you're walking. Listen, I've... I've <laughs> there's a pastor who was doing a madness. He finished doing his... Boom, just died. So I fear God. I don't even know how people commit adultery and walk around all confident. As though thunder won't come down and just lick you in your head and you're finished. That's the first one. The second one is, I love my wife. She's a good woman. The third one is, I've actually visualised committing adultery on my wife. I'll, I'll explain. So the way I've visualised it is that I've committed adultery. 
somehow my wife has found out now I have to come home. Oh my goodness. You, you know, when you visualize, you can't just, uh, you have to try and get into the feelings. How would you feel? Amen. <laughs> Amen. The fear. My heart beating. You go to the door. What am I going to say uh, before I open? Okay. Um, you see, babes, I was at the gym and saw this. No, that's not going to work. Visualize. And so I visualized putting that key through the door and her crying and me saying, babes, I've messed up. Visualize the feeling. Visualize your wife. Just the woman who you say you love, the woman who you stood before everyone and said, man, I'm going to commit to her and forsake all others. Visualize breaking her heart. See her face. See her heart break. See your kids looking at you and thinking, what a nasty man. Visualize saying to one of your kids, hey, come here and get out of here, man. I don't want to ever talk to you. Uh, visualize that. Visualize the pain and the hurt. Visualize. Visualize your wife saying, you wait there, I'm going into the kitchen. <laughs> We're about to fight today. Amen. <laughs> visualize. Visualize her saying, it's done. Your clothes are outside. Visualize the neighbor saying, Mm-mm, I knew it was no good. Amen. Visualize it. Visualize your church friends, people you had influence on, finding out, having to explain to your pastor, pastor. Me be naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, somebody. The embarrassment. Think about the embarrassment. You know, in, in Sheffield Church, you know, I'm always there preaching outside. Pre and, and a lot of you guys, you're there outside preaching. These guys, when they find out, oh, yes, they will put you in the papers, amen. It visualizes you trending on socials, amen. Yeah, this is this guy who calls us. All of these, it visualize. That's why I say, you know what? Yeah, you might be fine, but I'm happy with my wife. Come on now, so can, I, can we be real? You ain't got, you, just because you get, people think they get married then all of a sudden. There's other attractive people out there. What you saying, what you saying, pastor? What, is he looking at, uh, I'm not saying he's looking at anything. I'm just saying he visualized, now he's put some boundaries in place. Come on now, somebody. He ain't riding around with some woman who he's not married to. Amen. He ain't just, hey, we, we're still just friends, you see. Do you know I have no female friends? Let me say that again. 
I have no female friends. I have sisters in church, people are pastor, and I would only communicate with them. If it's to, I won't just start having, oh, how are you doing? How are you doing? Because you know why? I visualize the embarrassment. I want you to visualize. I want you to imagine. Think with me. Visualize. What would you do if, you know, because pastors are always like, stop sleeping around, stop sleeping around. Yeah, he said, visualize, visualize with me. Pastor, stop sleeping around. You're sleeping with this guy. Boom. You start throwing up in the morning. That's how it starts, amen. Amen, that's you. Visualize it, Amen. I want you to imagine this. Yeah, but it's romantic, Pastor. You just want to connect. I want to feel close to him, blah, blah, blah. Okay, no problem. Feel close, but visualize. What's going on here? So you go to the pharmacy. Oh, man. Can I get a pregnancy test? Remember, you're, let's say, you're just at school, you're just at uni. Your mama sent you to, to, to uni to get a degree, not to come back home with a baby, amen. But you, <laughs> and so, and so visual, you've you got this pregnancy test now, you go home, you, you do the test. Oh man, positive. Man, that, is that wrong? You're shaking that thing. Is that, oh no, it's still, okay, let me try another one. Let me go and get a more expensive one because this cheap, Poundland ones might be messed <laughs> So I'm going to go and get another one. So you, I want you to imagine, imagine. You go and get another one. Oh man, again. Visualize. Going, going to the guy. Can we give a guy a name? What's the name of the guy? Josh. Huh? Josh. Josh, Jack. There's a lot of J's. These J's are quite naughty, aren't they? <coughs> Stay away from J's. Amen. And so, J is, you, you got J. I need to talk to you. You need to come round straight away. And so J comes round. J. I'm pregnant. And J, is it mine? <laughs> You're the only one I've slept with, don't Jay? Well, get rid of it. I don't want anything to do with it. Visualize. You're a Christian woman. What do you do now? Jay was all lovey-dovey. Now he's saying, get rid. But Jay, you know my stance. I can't do. I can't have an abortion. I want to keep the baby. Well, I have. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't even know if it's mine. I've heard about you around town. Visualize. How would you feel, young woman? Now your belly is growing. You're trying to hide it from pastor. So you're wearing bigger and bigger clothes. And you know, there's always that one person who, you know, they, they have no filter, you know. Are you pregnant in front of... <laughs> Are you pregnant? When is it you? In front of everyone. Now everyone, Pastor Court, what happened? You've heard the sermons. 
You've heard it. Visualize. Visualize having that child by yourself. The guy has, he don't want anything to do with you. Visualize having to quit certain things. Now you've become a single mother. Visualize the poverty and the struggle and the sleepless nights, no help. Visualize it. And so when we tell you, hey, you know, this whole sex, but listen, just wait till you get married. You're like, oh, pastor, you're trying to rip. No, visualize why we say that. Okay, I'll give you another one. Okay, should we do a brother now? Amen. Visualize, man, Pastor, you don't know, man. I've been, I've been, I've been fasting for a, for a good ten years, and this sisters is coming on to me, Pastor. You know, it's always at work. Amen. You, you know, some brother. Let me just say this. Can I be? Have you got some time? Okay, there's some brothers, let me just say this, bro, before you were saved, you ain't getting no scratch, no nothing, ain't getting no attention, no nothing. All of a sudden, you become a born-again Christian, and all, oh, baby, you're mad. have you been going to gym? And, and you're like, yeah, I'm the man, I'm like, that's the devil. Don't stop feeling yourself. Come on now, somebody. Now you're married. Okay. So there's a sister. She's, hey, every time you come in, man, you've been going to the gym. <laughs> and you know you, be, you ain't been, yeah, I'll just do some press-ups in the morning. <laughs> you know, that's, I'm not really, a, but I was born like this. <laughs> And so, visualize this, hooking up with this girl. This is going to be a one-time thing. You get her pregnant. You didn't really like her. She's been with multiple guys in your workplace, and you knew that. You just thought, hey, you know, it's just my turn now. Now she's pregnant. And her name is Jezebel. Now you're having kids with Jezzy. Now Jezzy's going to the, you ain't gonna, you're not gonna see your kids. You ain't gonna see them, you're just there. She's telling all bad stuff about your kids. Your kids, you're looking at your child and you're like, poor thing, and turning your kid against you. Now every, every month you get paid, the government says, hey, we got to take a certain amount. Visualize every month a large chunk of your money was it worth it? Visualize. Visualize it even worse. There's a young woman who I, I didn't know her, but the person who I was with at the time before I was saved, she, she calls 
this girl who I was with and she's like, she's crying and she's upset. And what had happened is, is that her boy, and, and this girl, I believe she was 19 or 20. She's crying, she's really upset. And she's, uh, she say, man, uh, she, 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 her boyfriend had been cheating on her. He'd been sleeping with one girl and sleeping with her. Unprotected, uh, unprotected sex. She ends up catching this STI or SCD. And the thing was so bad that she had to have an operation to remove her womb. At the age of 19 or 20, she could never have kids again or could never have kids. Visualize you getting HIV, AIDS, Doesn't sound so appealing now, is it? Visualize it. Visualize you're doing the test and now it's positive. You have to tell everyone who you're with, this is what I've got. Visualization will save you. Visualize dying and waking up to flames. Visualize you feeling the heaviness of this darkness. The Bible says this darkness is not like normal darkness. It's a, a darkness that it literally feels like you're carrying it. It's a heaviness. Feel the heaviness of that darkness where you can't see anything, where there's burning, there's torment, there's torture. Visualize you waking up, you going to bed one at one place and waking up in this place. You close your eyes. Oh, please God, let it not be so. You open Open your eyes and you visualize. And so when we're preaching, you say, man, get saved, get your heart right, do the right thing, visualize. You're waking up in this place with no hope, with no exit. Visualize, realize it, man, I'm finished. I remember pastor preaching about this, that there's no exit, there's no way out. It's not going to be here. There ain't no Jesus. There ain't no blood in this place. Just visualize it. Visualize you, the feeling, the fear that will consume you, the hopelessness the depression, the hurt, the pain. Visualize it. See, as I close, we need to visualize church. Can I get an amen? You have to think about your future self. It's not about now. It's about the future. Make, before you make a decision, say, how is this decision going to affect me in the future? I'll leave you with three points that I want you to take down. Three simple points. Write them down. <clears throat> Things that would help you to be blessed for the future. Listen more 
listen more, listen more. You see, the problem with Samson was this. He never listened to anybody. Never listened to his mom. Never listened to the Spirit of God telling him and warning. Never listened to anybody. Not his parents, not God. There will be times where you are going and someone's going to warn you. There's going to be sermons you hear. Listen more. Amen. You're heading, pastors. Man, you're heading to destruction. You're going to hit those rocks. Someone is going to warn you, listen. It's possible to hear but not listen. I know you've listened when you apply it. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. The second one is this. Don't make emotionally based decisions. Amen. Consider your ways without saying, I Samson was a man who was carnal and it was all about how he felt. I feel, I feel, I feel. Do you know the Bible says that your heart is desperately wicked? The Bible tells us not to follow the ways of our heart. Not how, you shouldn't follow how you feel. He ran his life. How, I feel like divorcing my wife. I feel like divorcing my husband. I feel like leaving church. I feel like... If you ever have to start a sentence and you have to, I feel it's not the right decision. That's just, that's the acid test. I feel that's not the right decision. Can I get an amen? amen. That ain't the right decision. Oh, I feel, I feel. Stop feeling a little bit, amen. Some Christians, you're like, you've got bipolar up and down, up and down. You feel high. Oh yeah, come on, pastor. Where are you? I just want to praise. I want to praise. When you're feeling low, oh, where are you? Come, let's go and praise. Let's go. I don't know. I'm not feeling it, pastor. Okay, last one is this. Seek God's plan for your life. You see, anyone who puts God first will have a joyful and content future self. Samson sought for his own will, not God's will. When you read the story of Samson, you notice he only prayed to God once and that was, for, uh, that was uh, uh, when he prayed, give me the power to push over these things so I can kill him and take revenge. When things were bad, that's when he called out to God. Why don't you pray to God when things are good and you say, God, let me do better for my future self, amen. amen. Seek God's plan for your life. Matthew 6, 31 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you will, uh, knows uh, that you need all of these, but seek first the kingdom 
of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. When you put God first, you shall be blessed in the future. Who believes that tonight? Amen. Put God first. Seek after his will. So, so that I know you've got it. First one, what was it? That's all I heard. <laughs> Say that again. What is it? Amen. Second? Praise the Lord. Third? Amen. You guys are a clever bunch, aren't you? Let's give God praise. Amen. Fucking just have every head bowed, all eyes closed. God bless you. Amen. God bless you.